0: Welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman-Smith and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 54. This week my guest is Brock Swinson and he'll be telling us all about his new book Ink by the Barrel, so stick around for that. Okay, so at my desk this week. Well, at my desk this week, I've been very busy. Um, I'm on the final stages as my new book, The Midwitch, uh, will be coming out on the 28th of August. And so I'm kind of in that last bit of finishing energy I got the first proof back or a couple of proofs back from um, KDP Amazon KDP which is where I'm publishing this book on and uh, and I had a quick look through it and it's always the way with the proofs when you send off for the proofs you think I don't really need these proofs because this is so perfect this book (laughs) and of course you know this isn't my first rodeo as you know so I obviously I would always send off for proofs because when you get those first proof back, back they are always wrong. There's always a load of stuff that you would change. Um, anyway, so I lo- I looked through it, and you know there was there was a funny little mark on the front cover on the on her on the person's face, and um, there was a couple of little things that I felt needed leveling up, and uh, also the interior files, uh, because I've illustrated this book, I've put little chapter illustrations on each of the chapters and i felt that the illustrations weren't really working the way that i placed them within the text and so i i kind of redone that and and chosen a different formatting thing with envelop to make it look um a lot better i think so really you know a few changes to make and you kind of think well it's not many changes obviously there was like a whole list um how long did it take me to sort it out um three days (laughs) Um, yeah three days solid really to sort out the changes um to change the interior files uh adjust the book cover uh, and a couple of other little things as well and and also where the arc readers have come back and th- some of them have noticed a couple of uh slight errors i think they've got four errors which is pretty good really in a book that's nearly eighty thousand words so um obviously i've gone in and changed those as well while i'm sort of sorting out those interior files so Obviously, loaded it back up onto KDP. It's all waiting there, nice and ready for that, you know, um, publication date, and uh, sent off for the next round of proofs to have another look. Uh, hopefully, these will be, you know, good enough, and I'll be right happy, and I can get on with publishing that book and be happy that it's as good as I can get it. Yeah. So happy days. So that's what I've been doing, pretty much. You know, most of the week, I have managed to get a bit of uh, other writing done. Uh, to do with The Midwitch, um, working on book two and, and sort of email sign-up things and stuff like that. So yeah, it's all going fine, I think. So yeah, happy days. So uh, what else? Um, not much else, really. Uh, just really faffing around, thinking about social media and, you know, exactly how I want to publicise this this new thing that I'm writing. And uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to kind of step back and really have a look and see which sort of social media is actually working for me and it, it, it's been a funny one actually because I I was sort of uh, feeling that the TikTok thing was not really really giving me anything back which is you know uh, and I felt that my reader was kind of more on uh, the, uh, the Facebook uh, because what I'm writing this midwitch book is a paranormal women's fiction book where where the the main character in paranormal women's fiction is an older woman, uh, and then it has a bit of magic element in it, a paranormal thing. In my case, witchcraft. So uh, I kind of felt that my reader is more on Facebook, or more easily to me, more easily found on Facebook. And I've been on Facebook a lot more than I've ever been actually, and I'm finding it finding it a really good thing, and I've quite enjoyed it, and and I seem to. You know, be getting a bit of a following on there, and I've been posting more regularly, you know, specifically into Facebook, not just bouncing posts across from other social media, which is normally how I use Facebook. So, yeah, so that's been quite interesting. Um, yeah, and it, it's kind of because what I'm really doing is I'm rebranding myself. Uh, I, I kind of didn't like the idea of confessing or saying that this is it, I'm stepping away from the dark fantasy, and I'm now going to write this w- women's this paranormal romance stuff but but I have to admit I kind of think I am I think this is what's happening I'm I really really enjoyed writing the midwitch there's two more books ready to go well not ready to go but you know one in my head and one planned and half half written and uh, I you know I can kind of see another series about something else kind of along these lines and I, and I'm really enjoying writing some comedy so uh, yeah from from the sort of dark stuff that I normally write so Although, obviously, I'll re- leave the dark fantasy there. You know, it'll be available if people want to buy it. And I get a few, you know, followers from that and people know me as that. But but I really do like writing this kind of lighthearted stuff. And I, I kind of feel that, you know, I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, we change and it's interesting to try and do different things. So I'm enjoying doing that. So I'm kind of, like I say, I'm rebranding myself. And so I'm moving into different social media where I feel that you know I can use it in order to um, build myself a following for the kind of books I'm writing now so anyway the story was that I kind of felt that TikTok was not really getting anything back there's a lot of young people on TikTok they're all delightful but I kind of feel whereas they might have been my reader for the the dark fantasy that I normally write I don't think they're the reader for the paranormal women's romance and yeah so that was fine so anyway so absolutely great so i I kind of haven't been on tiktok that much also tiktok is quite time consuming making those videos is is fairly time consuming so i kind of thought well i'm going to step back from that and i will step back a little bit from it but having said that i do stand by the fact that you should be on all these social medias even if you only go on some of them occasionally it's always good to keep them up as, as, as i've always said and and there's a lot of people that say oh just do two and do them well blah 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 yes focus on a couple that you really like that you can do well where you feel that your readers are but also keep up the other stuff because you never know when you're going to need it and sometimes you do get something really good that happens on those things and this is what happened to me so i hadn't been on tiktok for a long time and i thought oh I must just pop in there and you know put something up and you know answer any questions and all that kind of thing and interact for a minute so I I kind of sat there and when I went in one of the art readers because the midwitch is out with the art readers at the moment one of the art readers actually made a tiktok about the midwitch and I was absolutely thrilled that somebody was there that had really enjoyed it and it was also quite a much younger person that I would think that was my my target audience so it was somebody quite a bit younger so that Um, kind of taught me something that that a book about women and women's issues um, can appeal to all women and not particularly just the age that you kind of think that they can and uh, and I think that's quite an interesting lesson to learn so um, it was great to see this lovely person I'll put the links in the show notes um, if you want to go and have a look at that video Count is called d vanek books and life um, and you can find her on TikTok, obviously. And also, if you go to find me on TikTok at DJ Bowman Smith, you'll see that I've, I've linked that video in there. And uh, just really nice that she did that for me um, because it does take time to do these things. And uh, I'm greatly appreciated. So that's why my, my message generally is, um, you know, never let any of these uh, social media things completely drop. Or, or in fact switch them off, which I've heard other people say that they or they just switched off Instagram or Twitter or one of these other things. I, I would I would keep them open because it's interesting how even a little bit of interaction on, on a platform that you're not using so much will still give you a little bit back and, and every little bit helps. So that's my story. <laughs> anyway, so people are enjoying the arc reads of The Midwitch. Um, if you want to be an arc reader, um, there's still a, a few copies that I can send you if it's before if this is going out um, I'm trying to think when this will go out sort of September so yeah um, if you want to be an arc reader yeah get in touch I can definitely send you an arc copy if you fancy uh, reading The Midwich One Woman's Struggle with Midlife and Magic it's, it's a it's a fun read anyway so let's get into the interview. So um, on the Words and po- Pictures podcast this week my guest is Brock Swinson his book is got this amazing name it's called ink by the barrel and um uh he's a fellow podcaster and he's a journalist i believe and uh, so let's have a chat to brock and uh where to begin um i think i mean i've looked up the i kind of have heard the saying book uh, the um ink by the barrel i've heard that saying before and i kind of know what it means but would you like to explain your title brock because it's a good title
1: yeah, I think it's wrongfully attributed to Mark Twain, but it was actually a, a congressman who said, you never quarrel with a man who buys his ink by the barrel. That's, yes. that's the main quote, you know, and the <laughs> idea is, if you're a small person, don't pick a fight with the press. That was the initial idea. I've kind of taken a little spin on it. I, I like the, the origin maybe is, I really believe you get to quality writing through quantity writing, like you plan to write for a lifetime. So the idea is to buy your ink by the barrel. Plan to be prolific. Plan to put a lot of words out there. You don't even necessarily have to publish everything, but plan to be the type of person who writes a bit every day.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's a very true thing. And I think we're always. Um, I, I was talking to somebody the other day, and the, we were talking about the concept of um, you know what's what's your best book? What's what's the thing that you've written that you think think is the best thing? And uh, and. And the, and the idea being that you haven't written your best thing yet. It's always in the future. You're always trying to write the best thing, even though the bit that you're working on, you think, oh, this is great. I'm really enjoying this. But my best thing, well, as soon as i finished it, I'm done with it. I want to write the next thing. And you're trying to always, you know, do that. And I think if you, uh, you know, some people, they think they're going to write just a little bit and a couple of hundred words a day and, really you've got to keep on it's like any muscle you have to keep it honed and keep on with it yeah absolutely so this is your so tell us a little bit more about ink by the barrel because um it's a non-fiction work and it would be interesting to anybody who's who's writing in whatever genre because it's it's about uh it's about getting us to to do more and it's about motivation really isn't it yeah
1: brilliant yeah it's definitely it's definitely a lot of mindset i would say when i started writing it i was kind of writing it to myself 10 years ago when i couldn't make the time and sit down and do the work and it comes from my podcast my show is called creative principles i also write for creative screenwriting magazine so i've talked to a lot of screenwriters a lot of authors um at the time of the writing i was probably spoken to 300 people now i've spoken to well over 400 people and we kind of keep publishing so I, I started writing this during COVID, and kind of just didn't really publish it i kind of just held it and now i decided to just give it away for free i spent some time uh, making an audiobook i recorded it myself so you can get everything right now at brockswinson.com my goal is to give away a hundred thousand copies this year it's pretty ambitious we've given away a couple thousand already so that's kind of why I'm, I'm doing some of these podcasts i just want to like put the work out there because again my goal is to be prolific i want to write a book every two years, ideally, along with some screenplays and the other work that I'm doing. And just for kind of summary of the book, it's broken up into three parts. Uh, Defend your time is part one. Um, Find your voice is part two. Develop your process is part three. And those all come from different advice that I've either gotten from one individual or I've heard like a kind of a combination of the same bit of advice from, you know, 20 people. I'm like, well, I really need to figure this out. And a lot of it is, some of it even kind of contradicts itself because writing is so different for different people and who you are today may not be the type of writer you are 20 years from now.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's very true. I, I think when I was younger, when I started out, I, I probably would wait for the muse. Now now I just get to my desk. I'm not waiting for anything. Yeah. Just, just get me there, <laughs> sit me down, shut the door, and leave me alone for a couple of hours. I'll I'll, do, I'll write you something. Yeah, it's, it's an entirely different thing. And as far as possibly... I think possibly a lot of writers, when we begin, we we start off and we think, you know, it's a bit of a hobby. We think maybe we can do this, maybe we can't. But then, you know, once you start taking yourself seriously, it becomes more of a job and it's it, it becomes more of, you know, this is what I'm doing. And you're not really yeah. taken on by some creative claptrap you know you're just you're just getting on with it at this point yeah absolutely um so it so this is your, your book that you're giving away obviously i'll leave all the links in the show notes so people can go down there and find that and, and get get their own copy which is brilliant um and it's 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 a digital copy that you can find all the like you say the audio uh Brock, when i was looking up because before people come on obviously i sort of look up what they're about for some bizarre reason I could not find so a bio about you. <laughs> you 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 know this don't you so do you want to tell me a little bit about yourself yeah. because I I could thought normally I'm like I've got a few things I mean I could what did I find out you've got a dog you're married no idea <laughs> <laughs>
1: right I do have a dog I'm married have a baby that's the that's the quick you know personal that's quite stuff. a lot um, yeah. 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 All that's happening right now. So it's, uh, it's been a busy, we have a, we have a 14 month old. Um, so yeah, we're, we're busy with that type of stuff. I would say most of it though, it's kind of been beneath the surface until right now I've been more of a ghostwriter. I've been a copywriter. I've written uh, 10 books for semi-famous people as a ghostwriter. I actually, a book I wrote was number two in the wall street journal about a month ago that I had my name's not on it, anything like that. So I'm really just like I have the podcast, which is kind of, a smaller audience, it's a very specific audience. It looks like most of my people are in LA and New York and it is a lot about screenwriting, but I am trying to branch out to authors and everyone else. Yeah, I'm really just now getting into, you know, broadening on Instagram and some of those things and posting some of my my content there. But part of this also because I care more about an email list. So the first thing I did was set up an email list, which people can't really publicly see. Like I did a challenge where to, to go along with the book, I did a 30 day video challenge to encourage people to be prolific. That way I could talk to all types of writers and like I had a thousand people sign up for that. So I do have a couple thousand people on email list that I'm talking to. So I, I do think there's, there's almost more there if you can talk directly to your audience, that way you own that audience as opposed to Facebook or something else where you don't. And I, I learned a lot of this from, I worked at ClickFunnels. I've written copy for people like Russell Brunson and Tony Robbins, and some big names like that. But yeah, it is kind of kind of, been underground until really recently when yeah. I wanted to publish this book and I, I want to teach more people to be prolific. So I'm kind of putting my name out there.
0: Yeah. But also, perhaps this is your time now where, you, where you've, you know, done, you know, you've used your creativity and your expertise for for other people. And that's brilliant. And that yeah. happens a lot, I think, with uh, a lot of, uh, you know, art as well. People do, you know, drawings for other people or book covers, something that you yeah. don't really get your, get your name out there. So, so this is obviously your time, Brock. This is this is your moment to to get. So you've got this book, which is you know a bit a bit of um, which is you know getting your name out there, and you're you're obviously out into the into the space, coming into the indie author space. What what are you writing now? Then, what's your work in progress? What's the next thing for you?
1: A little bit of everything. The next like most relevant thing to this will probably be a year or two from now. I'm really just kind of I use Ryan Holiday's note card system. So right now I'm honestly just throwing three by five cards into a big pile. Like every time I read a book, I'll take 15 or 20 notes, put it somewhere. That's how I wrote this book. I'll go through my interviews. I'll pull some quotes. I like I'll read at the time I was reading like a book a week. So I was reading a, a ton of books at the time. And I'll just go through and make all these notes and highlight them. And then you kind of piece those together. And I'll talk about this in my book as well. But that's the simplest way to avoid the blank page. That's what i try to encourage people to do. But I like, uh, I have a coach I'm working with who calls me a renaissance man because I always have about five things going on. I'm actually, I'm working on my first documentary now. I'm starting some notes on that book. I've got some clients I'm working with. I'm ghostwriting another book right now um and just starting the social media and everything else so really it's a lot of little different um things to kind of you know keep my mind going in different directions i, I hope i find for me three to five things I almost avoid writer's block because there's deadlines here or if i get bored with this i'll move over there or if i get stuck here I move over there and then you kind in, in of in your off time some of those problems will kind of solve themselves i feel
0: Mm. i find i don't suffer from writer's block there's so much to do as an independent author that if if i come in here and i and i think i look at a chapter and i think well well i don't know then i know i I do my own artwork so i'll go and do do some artwork which is what i've been doing this morning and then um you know i'll do there's just a million things you know as well as the social media platform you know which mine's quite big there's quite a lot of me out there <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know so there's a lot of posting and fiddling around I'll make stuff you know it drafts for things so there's always something to do there's always some crazy crazy thing to do so I don't think you have I think when you're doing it professionally you don't have time for writers brought twaddle. you've just got to get on with it really yeah. you know I, yeah. I, I haven't got yeah. any time people that say oh well I'm like well mate you know just write something you can always change it you know <laughs> yeah, you don't I have to you, I you know I think it's... you're looking for perfection and I don't think you need to do yeah. that thing you need to just Right, know it's going to be rubbish, or or not as good as you want it to be. Not even rubbish, not as good as you want it to be. And but then you've got something to work on. If you don't make a mark on the page, you've got nothing, and you started off with nothing, you still got nothing. Yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, yeah, I do you always write nonfiction?
1: Yeah. Uh, I've, I haven't really written any like fiction prose in a while, maybe since school. um I do write screenplays. So I'm working on some screenplays. We have a writing partner. Coach, I'm working with. So, I've got some screenplays, two or three that are out there. I've written about five, and I've got one I'm working on that I'm about to start right now. And I'm trying to kind of up my game to where I write a book every two years and then two screenplays per year. I can write those a little bit faster. That's more of like I spend probably way more time with fiction and especially screenplays outlining. So, I'll pick a genre, I'll pick a subgenre within the genre, I'll kind of figure out what the tent bowls are going to be. I'll look at other movies that remind like inspire me or remind me of certain things and usually wherever I'm at though again if I get stuck in that it's usually just like I haven't done enough research I need to go back and read about a real person or watch some movies or something like that and figure out it's always an act too I feel like I always I'm, I'm writing a, a tv show now I know the first episode I know the last I know the first scene and the last scene so it's just mm. figuring out how to get between the two of those is kind of mm. the next steps
0: mm. I, I think that's how I write books I always know how it starts and I know what my last picture is if you know what I mean picture you know yeah. visual picture of my head um and it, it is just about getting them from A to B isn't it and a couple of right. little things that I know what to happen a couple of little things that I think oh I want this to go and I want them to do this you know I have like whatever it mm-hmm. might be yeah I think that's I think that's an interesting way to carry on um yeah so I think you're understanding what the power of free is which I think is always a always a strong mm-hmm. powerful thing and I think a lot of people are, are quite um reticent about giving away something but i think you have to yeah i think you have to i I think you have to give something away in order to get something back and and it doesn't matter what that is you know it could be a book it could be a map you know or you know something like this where you're giving out something you know like the podcast the way where people can find you for nothing and and get on with you know see see what it's all about yeah interesting stuff um what um got you into screenwriting then
1: I think I started with that I mean I went to school to kind of learn it that was like a, I was a creative writing major and I kind of bounced around different things but I think growing up though my my family's like talks in movies we talk more in movie quotes and we do real things like my dad showed me uh, Hitchcock Psycho when I was probably six or seven years old so I've always been very adamant in film um I kind of were left. I see things in that way in quotes and story ideas. And it's like I almost learned principles more from movies and other ways until I got really into reading, I guess. But yeah, I've just always been uh, super attracted to film. Some of the, the movies I most love, I feel like they don't make them like they used to anymore. There's some of that degree. I love probably 70s movies and, and that kind of stuff. That's what I typically write today. So like the one of the TV shows I wrote is about like a, a bootlegger in 1920s North Carolina and how that actually led to NASCAR. So it's kind of an origin story. So I like to dig into research topics like that and then put my own like fictional twist on them.
0: Mm, yeah, fascinating stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've been watching really, the last couple of days a documentary, which is on Netflix, which is about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, and oh, yeah. and, uh, and he had this great quote last night. And I thought, oh, that's, that's really fun thing um he he said he lived his life and i can't think i can't remember who he said actually really said it but he said he lived his life by this quote was early to bed uh, in imagine arnold schwarzenegger's voice which i will not do brock because you know, my english accent is not going to do any of that um and he said early to bed early to rise work like hell and advertise and i thought really really you could probably put that on my gravestone too because i think i think that's that's the thing um do you think you'll always do um, independent publishing, or do you think you're you're going to be a bit of a hybrid, or do you feel like you want to? You feel like you're quite in charge of the situation. I think if you're in charge of the situation, independent authorship is a good place to be. I think.
1: Yeah, it's it's really like it would depend what it has to be some crazy offer I think for me to go truly traditional because I've I've been in those rooms as a ghostwriter like I've been in. 10 rooms. Right. I've, I've personally pitched some books that got maybe to the second or third meeting, but I don't have that hundred thousand people audience yet. So I feel like that's that's more important. And then obviously, though, once you get that, you don't really need the traditional publishing anymore. You're kind of like it's, it's like yeah. you want to be literally in a bookstore not. So I've been with those where like the last book I wrote that went to number two. The guy I was writing for had like such a big audience. It almost felt like to me, oh, they really it
0: wasn't, wasn't, Prince, the wasn't Prince Harry, was it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right,
0: no, no. No, we know he's going. Like this, <laughs> right, right.
1: <laughs> but uh, but it's just odd. Like they don't, you know. It's like they almost don't even. If your audience is that big and it's your debut, they really don't even care what you're talking about. You know. Right. So it's. I've been in both of those, and I'm, I am running a book right now where it may, we, we're kind of in discussion, it may be the author's name with my name, and that would be a traditional route. This guy's got more, you know, credibility than me and a certain, he's he's kind of in the food world. So I'm always, I'm curious about it, but at the same time, like if you're going to put all that effort into building that audience, you almost don't need it. So it'll, it'll at some point it'll depend, like, is this something I feel like, I can delegate. Am I making enough money elsewhere? Those are kind of the decisions I would make about traditional versus self, because you're really marketing yourself anyway. Like anyone who exactly. tells you otherwise is yeah. lying. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got a few friends that are traditionally published, and they they were what probably would be called mid listers, like me. I'm a mid lister. I'm an yeah. independent publisher, but I'm a mid lister. I, I tick tick on, you know, um, and um, and and they 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 were always complaining that the publishing house doesn't do enough. You know, and they won't. The publishing house won't let them do this, that, and the other. If they do have a bit of an idea about promoting themselves, and and I think I would just hate to have that kind of constraint. I'm possibly too old to be told what to do at this point. It's probably got a lot to do with it. I've done because I used to be a teacher, where all your day is cut up into exact. 20 minute yeah. spots and you have to have a plan for every little thing and you are accountable yeah. for every little thing when I first started teaching you know you wrote you wrote a bit of a plan for the term on the back of a fag packet nobody cared and you just got <laughs> on with it and then you know the years went by and it's become so prescriptive what it has in England anyway and um yeah when I thought oh well I'll I'll come out of this and I'm going to go concentrate on my writing and I sort of did half and half bit of supply teaching and then this and then now i'm a full-time writer and i i just don't want anybody telling me
1: yeah
0: what i'm going to do and why or why i can't do something i just rather i'd rather make my own mistakes even you know just yeah. get on it's mind. hard to yeah
1: that's in in a book i talk about the maker schedule schedule and the manager schedule so the 30 minute chunks when you're a teacher of the manager schedule you need like a four-hour chunk to be a maker to be a writer to be an artist yeah. and it's either you know it If you're working full time, either you're getting up at five in the morning or you're working late at night when your family's asleep, there's really no other way to do it. I feel like unless you can block out big, you need to block out big chunks of the day to be prolific, to write every day.
0: Yeah. And actually, I think the more it becomes a business, and it will become a business as you start to sell and do different things. And especially we're sort of selling online more so you've got books to pack up and stuff like that get them in the Mm -hmm. post and all that kind of thing. So it becomes... You know, like you say, there's a lot of doing and managing and and you really do have to carve out some time to say, this is me being creative now. You know, literally put the phone away, you know, just and just concentrate on that one thing. And I think it's a really hard discipline. And I think it's something that you have to really, really concentrate on and, you know, literally book some time out the diary to make yourself do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is a really, really hard thing to do
1: it's definitely ongoing you know it's not like an epiphany it's like it's an ongoing battle like every day like even today I'm doing social media and the social media is pretty easy to do compared to the writing right so you can get kind of lost um Chase Jarvis the photographer says don't get lost in the admin you can get lost just doing the nothingness so I've I've hired an assistant um because I'm I kind of like try to like I like to figure out a process and then pass it to her and keep doing that and that lets me be a little bit creative and I can dip in if I want to but I'm not responsible for Instagram or Twitter or something like that so I'm kind of passing those things off as soon as I'm implementing them just to make sure there's other time for the other things.
0: Yeah yeah I think I think that's a good thing and I noticed obviously your publicist got in touch with me you know to set this this thing up here um and obviously that's probably a really good time save as well if you if you're getting yourself out there so that's you know.
1: actually that's actually her so I'm that's her yeah how, like I get so many PR as a podcast host I know what to say so I'm yeah. like I don't have a book coming out traditionally so I can't say I've got a book October 3rd but I can say this interesting hook of like we're giving away a hundred thousand copies so that kind of puts us like in being on a podcast puts us a little bit on your radar. I've had two different hosts say, oh, you PR reach out. But it's actually just my assistant and I'm teaching her how to do that. So that's kind of we're both learning and I'm helping her, you know, increase her rates and stuff like that. on Upwork and I've got some other students I'm working with and she helps me with all the, the admin and the kind of simple stuff like that.
0: The yeah. repetitive stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, the, the, like you say, I think you can go down the rabbit hole with the social media, which I don't think the social yeah. media goes away. You have to get on with it. And loads of us sit here and go, oh, we don't like the social media. Well, tough. You know, if, if I yeah, was yeah. on social media, you wouldn't know I exist. You know, we wouldn't be right. sitting here having this conversation. So, you know, I'm out there and that's why. Um, but I think yeah. if you have, um, I still think you have a bit of a discipline. I tend to hit it first thing in the morning and I kind of get mm-hmm. all that done. And I, I stick some stuff up. And then, you know, if I if I go back in again later on, I I, I might do, but I probably don't really. i just do it first thing. I, I might retweet people or do a few little bits or answer some messages. But really, yeah. I, I put my stuff out once a day. And although they there's a load of stuff saying, oh, you know, three times a day, blah, blah, blah. Really, as long as you're consistent, it's no yeah. good doing three times a day and then nothing for two days. You have to just consistently... Correct put some stuff out there and make a little space in your day where you're just going right I'm just having a a couple of hours now I'm just doing the social media doing my emails you know having a quick flip through that and and I think that's you know it's it's having that consistency and and unfortunately a lot of people are on the social media at the weekend so you have to get on there at the weekend it's no good thinking, you know it's Sunday I'm sorry
1: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. as long as there's that you know, that balance They you're not just like, like I've heard, I taught it some comedians and they say there are comedians who have better websites than they have jokes. You don't want to be in that category of person. So like if you're a brand new writer and you haven't finished a book or something yet, I, like what do you need social media for? You need like you need to have something there. You need to have a routine of like you're reg- regularly publishing in your own way, whether that means medium or shipping it or writing emails or something there. I would say as long as you get that going, then you can add things on top of it, like social media. But if you're going to be a writer, be a writer first. You don't just want to be, you know, there's so many people who just want to have published, right? And they just want to write one book. So I try to talk more to people who like, See it as more of a career, and they know it'll get better. And the best way to sell a book is to write another one. I mean, write the next
0: one. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think sometimes people get get on and they they write something, and then they're they're in such a panic about every bit of criticism that they get, or people didn't yeah. like it, or they only got two stars, or whatever, whatever I think. Um Not everybody's going to like your stuff. Some people are going to hate it. You're going to get yeah. absolutely slated, and some people will love it. And what you do is you write the next book because that's done yeah. now. That is done unless there's some. I mean, I'm not saying I don't go back. And as an indie author, I can go back. If there was some screaming typo in it, or, Mm -hmm. you know, I think I misspelled something in one of mine and somebody said, actually, this is the plural of that. And I thought, oh my God, what an idiot. And although it had been professionally edited and proofed, somebody had missed it. And I did. And you can go back in and fix it. So I'm not saying I wouldn't fix something, but would I rewrite it? No. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I've got a lot of books today.
1: yeah, I've a lot of books today that come out and I'll see typos in major yeah. books. So I mean, it's not, it's not really a big deal. That's more like, I think that comes back to a bit of a mindset thing. I like that like the the company Pixar that makes all the animated films, they say, we don't finish films, we release them. So their perspective is we get to a point where there's a date on the page and we let it go and then it's not ours. It's not our really. I mean, they make great films, but it's like not our responsibility of how the audience perceives it after we release it. We're Mm -hmm. on to the next thing, and I think the quicker you can kind of adopt that bit of stoicism, and again, that's a maintenance thing. You you have to constantly fight those inner demons and everything else to to come up with that conclusion. But the more you can realize that, I think the better you'll be as a writer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Why is words? You should write a book, mate. <laughs> I like this. Tell me I'm fascinated to know about the ghost writing thing. How how does that yeah. work? Do they do they speak it into a thing and then you have a load of stuff to go through? Do you interview the character? Um, is is it you know, I mean, I don't I, I just I want to ask you about the process, but I also want to yeah. ask you is anybody that you had to write for and you thought, actually, this person's a complete bastard. Why am I writing a book? <laughs> or or, you know, how, how does it, how does that work? You must have, a, you know, a very good um, – to get people to, to open out to you in order to
1: – Yeah. I mean, I, I hope that comes off, like, on my, you know, podcast series. And some of it I've gotten through those, like, nervous ticks and I know certain things to say, as I'm sure you do. Like, I feel like that you're – maybe you have some notes in front of you, but you're just having a conversation. I'm the same way. I yeah. used to be pretty rigid. So, like, I used to try to – I would do interviews during my – a nine to five job. So I would go take my lunch break in my car. i would be in my car and i would be talking to someone like Aaron Sorkin, who's like a super famous screenwriter. And I was pretty young. This was probably eight, eight years ago now. And I'd have questions and I almost wasn't listening to what he's saying. I'm just going through my questions. Right. And I feel like I've done that at three or four times with the really famous people, because you don't want to ask them something they've heard a hundred times but the real good stuff is comes from a follow-up question or a follow-up to a follow-up. Yeah. It's like the same yeah. thing as you know, asking why a dozen times, but really listening to what they're saying, taking your own knowledge about their work and everything else. And so I think moving that into book form, and I've written some that are pretty basic, like how to start a food truck. I've worked with a guy who owned his own business. So he just wanted to do a how-to book. I've done other ones where it's kind of part memoir, part bi- I've done a lot of business-y books that are like part memoir. So you can get stuck, like, like the one I'm trying to do now, I'm trying to combine business lessons with this guy's personal story. They're all different, though, to kind of answer your question. Like, so the last guy I worked with, we only had a handful of interviews, but he does so much social media that I was able to pull a lot of content that way and kind of organize a book. Um ideally i'm on the phone with them at least once a week for an hour doing a new interview every week reading other stuff we're going over the notes together in like a google doc so they can see it and comment tell me what works and what they don't like and then there's kind of you keep having to break up like okay now i'm writing now i'm editing this is a line-by-line line edit this is a long-form edit does this make sense and then you also have to be willing to say like i really think we need to cut all chapter four or I might need to ask you this super personal story about your dad. We'll rewrite a couple chapters and then it's like, are we being too harsh on your dad? Your dad's going to read this. And then Mm. it's, you have to make those decisions. Like, am I benefiting the reader without, you know, giving too much risk into who that person is, an individual? Are we hitting the points they want to hit? You have to have a North star. The one I'm working with now, I like to design like kind of a mock cover just to like, Let's be on the same page. Let's know where we're going with this thing. And when we get seven chapters in, are we still going in the right direction? Or are we going the wrong way? So there's so many different ways to do it. I do teach people and I'm doing a, um, a free course in July about like how to get started on Upwork. And there are surprisingly, like I kind of got started there. Like I did some $2,500 $2, smaller books. But then if you have a couple of those under your belt, you can get the $10,000 jobs kind of and beyond. And then, it's, and then it's kind of just the way you present yourself. And now it's more like it takes so much time. I have to really be interested in this subject. And I almost view it like this is, I could take a college course or I could write a book with this guy and you actually get paid to do it. And it's got to be something that I have some interest in that, that I really, and I like the person. There's a lot of intangibles that kind of change the more you do it, where it's not just about money or something like it might be in the beginning.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, fascinating stuff. And I, I also I think you've got to have a, a kind of you see, as I'm sit- sitting here, I'm I can't help but imagine, you know, whoever's whoever's sitting, you know, whoever I'm chatting to on this podcast, I, I imagine, you know, what what if I was a romance writer, what if I was mm. writing thrillers or whatever. So obviously now I'm sitting here thinking, what if I was a ghostwriter? I think I'd have a real problem about my name not being on the, on the thing. I just <laughs> I just find that, I find that you must have a real giving you know a giving part of yourself which I'm obviously personally lacking completely because I'm like I'm not writing this without my name on it I would really have a problem with that obviously I'm not as nice as you yeah I think
1: think so you know it depends what it is but at the same time you might be doing
0: you point it out to your family I I wrote that I wrote that
1: um I'll share with a few people like hey we hit number two on this list because they're I'm part of the text group and I, a lot of times i'm part of the marketing too because i have that background so i'll pitch ideas that they can do with the marketing and everything else but it's weird because i think it's i think you're more attracted to do that with fiction because so I've, I've written maybe two fiction books as a ghostwriter. um one was a western and they used a pen name i'm not sure why they used a pen name but they wanted to and i didn't really care but i really did like writing that story i spent a lot mm-hmm. of time thinking about the plot and everything else And this other company had me write kind of like a Fifty Shades of Grey book, and they wanted to use my name, and I didn't really want to use my name. But now there's a book in Canada with my name on it that's a that's kind of a Fifty Shades of Grey, and the Western doesn't have my name on it. Um, So I think it's 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 up to you. I mean, you could try and negotiate that. Like, luckily, this guy I'm working with now was like. He wants to write the book because he wants to preserve his story, but he thinks it's egotistical to write a book. So he wants my name as a co-author just so he can almost say, like, I want to teach these lessons, but I want you to know that I've got a professional writer. And I think it's a it's it's a kindness to, to the way he wants to do it where, I, you know, and, and I don't really care. Some A lot of the books I've written. Those two are only going to write one book and they're writing a book as a business card. And that's totally different, I think. So mm. it's really about the perspective of the client you're working with.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I I know when I've written, um, I, I write a few magazine articles. I mean, I've done it for ages, but I can do and I probably might if something occurs to me. And, and I might write for, um, I've written quite a lot for a writing magazine. I write for psychologies and um, a couple of women's magazines. Obviously, something just comes in my head. And, and for some bizarre reason, quite often the editor hmm. doesn't want the Bowman Smith on there. They don't oh. want the dark fantasy writer in in there. Do you know what I mean? But they want my article. So they say, oh, do you mind if we change your name? And you have to think, am I going to irritate yeah. the editor and not get paid? Or are they going to give me the kill hmm. fee so I don't get the article out there? and I'm, I'm sort of getting paid, but not enough. You know, And I've written the damn thing now anyway. And so sometimes i will just, or mostly I'm just like, put whatever you want so sometimes I've got articles in magazines with some and, and also you generally call me something really bizarre like I don't know, <laughs>
1: right, right.
0: Angelica Fullbody or something or I don't know I've had some really weird ones i thought yeah it's just that's just such a weird thing and I it kind of irritates me because I'm a bit like well you know here I am and this is this is what it is but yeah it is it is a funny one a very funny thing hmm perhaps that's because that's happened to me that that's that's what the yeah. ghost writing is that would bother me. I think. Think so. Your podcast is the creative principles. How long is your? Because my podcast is a year actually. Um, the podcast that goes out before yours. Um, when when this goes to air is will be a year, a whole year of podcast. So I I feel like I've kind of hit a milestone. So I've been How with creative screenwriting for ten
1: years, and at some point, I kind of pitched them the, the idea, of like, "Hey, we have all this great audio. Why are we not using it?" And they kind of gave me permission to use it. So I want to say that I've been writing for about 10 years like that. But the podcast is like five years old. I think it's really like I feel like it's picked up steam more recently. And some of that's because I'm delegating editing to like other people. But I probably did 200 episodes before 2020. But that was like three or four years. And I've done another 200 in like less than a year and a half. So I feel like it's going a lot faster. So maybe five years and um, we're over uh, like a 430 or something like that now.
0: Yeah, cool. So you're, you're well on your way. Yeah, I, I like it. I love just having a chat with people. It, it's, you know, it, it really, I've n- I've never got, Yeah, I've never come That's away and it. thought, well, that was dull. It's always, it's always fascinating. There's always, there's always something that uh, yeah I didn't yeah. know about the person, even if it's somebody that I actually know personally, you know, and I've said, come on the podcast, you know, <laughs> especially at the beginning with a lot of them with my mates, you know, and uh, so it was, it's, it's quite good fun. But no, it is, it is a fascinating thing just to sit and have a chat with somebody. Um. Uh, And also, I think podcasts have become uh, quite popular, more popular than they were, you know, that a lot of people now, it's like everybody has a few favorite podcasts, it's become like TV shows, and people like to listen to stuff, you know, when they're driving the car or commuting or whatever. And I think that's, you know, that's always a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Hmm. Brock, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you think? I wish she would asked me about that or would have liked to. Uh, we could talk, talk maybe about about a little more bit more on. about
1: screenwriting. I'll kind of give you some ideas about some other stuff I'm coming out with. So anyone who likes signs up for the book, obviously they get the book for free, the audio book for free, but I'm going to do some kind of unique challenges coming up. So I just did this 30 day prolific challenge. We had about a thousand people sign up. I started working with a handful of people kind of one-on-one and, it's interesting to see what everyone's different unique problems are, where they feel stuck. And a lot of times it's just having a conversation or someone outside giving them a perspective, not even necessarily reading their work, just talking about what they want to do and where they plan to go and who they like to read and those type of things. So now we're coming out with a, a, a challenge around Upwork to kind of help people. You know, If you want to make six figures working remotely, I'm kind of teaching people some methods I've done for that. Later in the year, I'll be teaching people how to write nonfiction books in a, in a short time period, like 30 days or so, how to write movies in about a 30-day period. So I'm trying to just do a, a variety of different things in different arenas that I kind of see under this bigger, like prolific umbrella. So I love to talk to people about that. And yeah, anyone, I, I would encourage people to kind of bounce around different fields. If you love fiction, try writing screenplays, see what's different. It's interesting seeing some of the students I've worked with like I've got a poet I'm working with who wants to write short stories. but well, she couldn't quite wrap her head around just writing a short story. So I kind of said, well, why don't you pick a theme you like? Write 10 or 20 poems around that theme. Take the thing you find easy and, and kind of build a bridge to what you find hard. So I like working with people like that and just encouraging them to find like kind of logistical ways to break into writing and to not be so, you know, exhausted and scared of the blank page.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. And, and obviously you're you're a great uh, mentor to have around because you're, you are know, you you're know get people to sort of jump out of their comfort zones.
1: Yeah, and, and some of this is like, it's hard to get the accountability. It's really, it was always hard for me to keep a promise to myself. So I would encourage people like, I'm, I'm, I've got a weird interest in aviation. I wouldn't have found a job listing on Upwork to go write and get published on an aviation website. Again, it's almost like taking a little class and becoming like a mini expert for 30 days on something. Well, I like to kind of bounce around different things and really just explore whatever curiosities you have. And you can do that through different sites like that. And then you've got a deadline, a little bit of money coming in. And then I think the more of those you kind of cross off, you're building leverage in yourself. And then when you get back and sit down and do the work that you're most passionate about, that you love, you've got all this evidence saying, hey, I can do this. I can finish this. I can write this whole thing because you've kind of been working up to it over time. That's kind of how I see you know, the last 10 years of myself as a writer.
0: Well, Brock, it's been great having you on the Words and Pictures podcast. Um, where can people find you online?
1: Uh, Instagram at Brock Swinson and then BrockSwinson.com. Just my first and last name for the book and audiobook for free.
0: Okay, so really interesting to talk to Brock Swinson about all his stuff. So don't forget to go and find his book, Ink by the Barrel. And uh, it's free and there's also a free audio version. And uh, there'll be notes in the show notes as usual. Um, yeah, so wish... Brock the best of luck with all his stuff. Okay, so next week my guest is Jamie West. Now Jamie West writes uh cozy mysteries that are based around old theaters and he was a really fascinating fellow as well. So stick around for the episode um next week with Jamie West. Okay, so that's me. Um thanks for listening. I'm DJ Bowman Smith. You can find me at www.djbowmansmith.com and um yeah, until next time. Bye-bye.